You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. All right, this is the one. I can feel it. Podcast, 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 podcast. The first and the best Chiefs podcast. Real ones know the show is called Amateur Hour. The Amateur Hour podcast is now airing on KC Sports Network. Ryan Scott Hall and his Dirkness are back again. We've got football, friendship, and fun. All these shows, we're still number one, season 12. Oh, wow, here it comes. Welcome, my friends, to Emma, Amateur Hour Podcast. Podcast. Man, I can't hit that note right. Podcast! Is that right? Ah, well. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. What is this, Amateur Hour? Yeah, I ain't no Superman businessman like you. You know, I'm just a amateur. I suppose. Amateur hour is what's happening. <laughs> amateur hour is what's happening. Yeah, that's right, folks. Show is called Amateur Hour. I am Ryan Scott Hall, and joining me today, a man that I don't really recognize, is Doug Nuts. Woo! Let's fucking go, baby. No, I don't know what time it is. It's Amateur Hour time. We don't listen to it like it's Six Kingdom, baby. Woo! Yeah! Trade deadline talk, baby. Let's go. <laughs> It it is happy Halloween. Uh, trade trade deadline, Dirk, in full effect. <laughs> Dude, I don't, I don't, I want to know how you even found that costume. I don't want to know how much you spent on it, but I do want to commend you for the effort and the execution there, Dirk. It's fantastic. Let's go, baby. Let's go. You already know what time it is. There'd be a character the whole the whole episode. Oh man, I'm I can't even believe that you're gonna try to <laughs> Let me tell you. Chief's all like he's a goddamn superhero. He's a superhero for wearing that. I don't know if it's the same costume, but he's wearing that at every game for hours on end. There's there's no possible way. I, I would have been wearing that for like ninety seconds at a time and I'm just dying. I was going to say, do you, do you need to change during our break today? <laughs> I'll be slowly shedding layers as we go. Yes, I got the uh, I got the very simple task of just being like 1970s Tommy Townsend. Tommy Townsend, you know, great, Tommy. <laughs> I'm strapped up and everything, ready to go. Trade deadline. How about it, Beach? Woo! Uh, so, Dirk, Sunday sucked. Oh. Um, Good to see that coming, huh? You know, you, you predicted that the Chiefs would lose, but clearly you weren't expecting that game, were you? Well, I mean, kind of, yeah. I mean, if you're losing to... This Broncos team is not going to be, a, you know, a work of art. It's not going to be a 42-38 barn burner. No, it's going to be them 
ugly in the game and, and forcing turnovers and running the ball, which is what it was. I didn't expect uh, that piss poor of an effort. I didn't expect a two score win. I'll say that that was that was not really on the cards. Um, but them, I mean, I mean, we played some games like that. I mean, I, I've talked about the Titans game quite a bit before. Um, but you know, you slug your way through. We had nine points through nine possessions in that game. Um, but then it comes to the fourth quarter and it's like, okay, it's go time. And you know, Mahomes gets it done. The offense gets it done. Well, this time McCole muffs the punt. So they can't, they can't get it done on a drive. Or, you know, it's a game like where the Raiders last year, where we get down two scores and it's okay. Mahomes is going into God mode time and it's time for him to make a play. And we see him drop an absolute dime in the end zone down two scores. Okay. We got a ball game right into Sky's hands, and he drops it. So, I mean, we've kind of seen them before. They usually make plays in those instances, and this time they didn't. And cue the freak out and what we've seen. Um, but really, I got to credit the Bundy curse. Anybody who's closely followed me over the years knows I am an Al Bundy fanatic. Anytime everything is going right like that, you just wait for it to turn because bad news is a coming. And with everything going the way it was last week, we we're on top of the league. Uh, Mahomes MVP favorite, best record. Omena, who comes back, stepping the time of his life. Easy schedule down the road. This young defense. I'm talking up Spags. He's going to be here for the rest of his life. You could see it coming. Everything, everything going right like that. You could see it coming the other way, and and that happened in a big way to do. Well, you know, credit you, Dirk, and I guess I have to at least admit that. The Chiefs usually have a stinker or two each year. And when you are as consistently competitive and good a team as the Chiefs have been, uh, particularly uh, once uh, Mahomes arrived, but really through the entire Andy Reid era, you know, it takes games like this for the team to lose sometimes. Like the the roster is so well constructed that, uh, and and especially when you're playing an opponent like Denver or you're playing an opponent like the Colts last year. Who, although you know, to be fair, that Colts game happened in Week Three, and I think a lot of people were maybe expecting the Colts to be a little more competitive than they ended up being. Um, but you know, I mean, we've seen the the Titans game that everyone is referencing as one of the worst. Um, I mean, I remember uh, really squeaking out a game against the Giants uh, in a stretch of really bad games a few years back. Um, I, I mean, I think we've even seen some numbers that this is not one of, but actually maybe one of his worst games ever. I mean, if it's like number one or number two worst ever. Uh, I mean, let me let me say this. Like, as much as we feel like we have to declare things about this team after eight weeks or as much as we, you know, have this need, we feel like we have to speak with such conviction after every game. All we can do right now is offer conjecture about what's going to happen based on a limited sample. There's a lot of football left and I don't know. It kind of feels good to rant and rave after a loss. I'm sure we're going to do some ranting and some raving. Uh, but like the Chiefs weren't even built to be playing their best football in week eight. I don't necessarily want to see him have five turnovers and lose to Denver. But like, you know, Sunday sucked hard, but there's still, I think at the very, very, very least, 
the Chiefs are meeting expectations on a general overall scale. Would you agree? They're six and two. They're number one seed in the AFC. Like, what? What more can you want? Yeah, not wait season. Yeah, I mean, we're we're really about to tear into a team here that is, you know, the number one seed in the AFC. Like you said, fresh off a Super Bowl win from last year, still in, in the current Super Bowl favorites right now, uh, with a very unhappy fan base, which is a quite a place to be. And yet, we will play along because there are some some concerns that we need to air out here. Uh, they are not unfounded. Uh, and we know the expectations for this team. I mean, at this point, if there was ever a time where a Super Bowl wasn't the expectation, it was last year, and they went ahead and won the Super Bowl anyways. Um, so we all know the expectations for this team. It's it's kind of Super Bowl or a bust. Um, but honestly, I mean, I, I think this loss might might do them, do them some good. Uh, I think they might need a little adversity, you know, a little spice to the season, uh, both for the team and the fans. I mean, anyone has followed us, I was always worried about, you know, just getting to this boring kind of regular season. It's kind of a slog. And I was kind of getting, I was like, it's going to be kind of a little too easy. Like this, this creates some interest. Like I am extremely, uh, you know, looking forward to the, the Dolphins game. I'm very excited for that game. Uh, and the Eagles game after that, like I, I am pumped for this game. I love to see this team with the back against the wall. And you don't necessarily want a cakewalk to the playoffs. I mean, you, you want some adversity on the, along the way. You need to grow. And this might be like, instead of them telling themselves everything is right, you know, we've been the best team all year, we're just going to do it this way. Maybe they need to look themselves in the mirror and make a few changes. Uh, I think a lot of people thought that might be a trade that trade deadline kind of thing. Um, but honestly, with the, the Chiefs' approach ever since trading Tyreek Hill is to kind of chill out on these big swings. You know, with Mahomes on the rookie contract, you take the big swings. Um, without him on the rookie contract, you got to be safe with what you do. And the value these draft picks are extremely valuable because that's the kind of cheap contracts that you need. And that's the philosophy that led to the Super Bowl last year. So I didn't foresee them going like all in for a guy. And yet I really think that's what they would have needed to do to make like a big splash is like sign, you know, go out and get Terry McLaren, who seemed to be the hot name on the streets today. Um, but, you know, you're looking at what, at least a second round pick for that, maybe even a first round pick. And maybe that's why there wasn't even a conversation because I give up a first or something like that. Um, and yet bring in a guy that's just like, I mean, Donovan Peoples-Jones, does that move the needle at all for you? I mean, it's a guy, he's he's okay, um, but it's just another you know wide receiver three that you're throwing into a pool full of wide receiver threes. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's also give them some good, it'll kind of be interesting to see what they go on. Um, what do you think about that? I, I mean, look, like, it's... Don't take this the wrong way, Dirk. Like, I think that we can spin pretty much anything into a good thing um, when we expect the Chiefs to be the best team in the league, to win the Super Bowl, whatever. I mean, I, I've heard, I even saw a lot of people being like, I can't wait till Monday or Tuesday when we start to see people say, losing to the Broncos this way was actually a good thing. And it's like, well, you know, <laughs> we kind of, like, sometimes teams need that swift kick uh, in order to maybe recognize some of the things that they need to work on. But like, I don't is is there something that happened in this game that it's like, oh, we didn't know that that was a problem for this team? Like, no, they, I mean, I don't want to just chalk it up to five turnovers either. I think that that's a little bit lazy because we got to think about how some of the turnovers happened. Um, Pat, I, I, I don't I still think Pat's I don't know Pat's Pat's uh Pat 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 
It's not great right now. I mean, how about Dirk? You actually started last week by asking me if the Chargers game had like changed my low opinion or expectation of the offense. I guess I'll just volley that back to you. Like, what's your concern level after watching that offense against Denver on Sunday? Well, I would say my antennas are up. I'm sniffing around. I am uh, casing the joint, if you will, as one of my buddy Chief Hawk might say. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was that was obviously the most consistent game of the season. Um, there's no excusing that one away like I did the last Denver performance where I was just like, well, they just weren't trying. I mean, obviously, if you get down in a game like that, you're going to start trying, and yet they just didn't have it in this one. So that's the biggest concern we've seen this, by far this season. Um, nothing relevatory there. Um, but I, I give two reasons for confidence. Two reasons for confidence. And I'm going to give them to you after this break. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you look forward to the holidays? Maybe you struggle with the seasonal blues as days start to get colder and shorter here in Kansas City. And this time of year can be a lot. And it's natural to feel some sadness or some anxiety about it. But I think something new and positive to your life can counteract some of those feelings. Therapy can be a bright spot amid all of the stress and change. Something to look forward to, to make you feel grounded, and to give you the tools to manage everything that's going on. It's a helpful learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries that empowers you to be the best version of yourself as well. And it isn't just for people who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash KCSN to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash KCSN. It's not a bird. It's not a plane. It's the most revolutionary ball trimmer the world has ever seen. Gentlemen. Our friends at Manscaped have been working day and night to bring you a blow-the-waist grooming experience like none other with their brand new Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, featuring the Lawn Mower 5.0 Ultra. We're talking about a next-generation trimmer with interchangeable blade heads for whatever shade your mind can imagine. Upgrade your grooming game to the Ultrasphere this year by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with code KCSN. High tech for low places with Manscaped. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Derek, that was a little, uh, little premature. Little premature on the break, a little, little quick on the trigger. I was trying to get out of this suit. I was trying to do a suit as I could. Um, well, I, never, I mean, this is the meat of the, the of the meal here. I don't want to you know, get interrupted. No, no well, phone calls during dinner time. All right, and uh, you know, Nick's got to be ready next time. This, this one's on Nick. And you know, everyone's everyone's struggling this week. Everyone's everyone's struggling. Well, well Nick wanted to anyway. take a moment to remind us. That Pat had the flu. Maybe Nick's got. This is a flu game for Nick too. Not the Michael Jordan type, the Pat Mahomes type, which didn't didn't go didn't go great. I think he's um, like he's handing out candy over there. One one thing though that is going really great, folks, is the flag football league at the Boys and Girls Clubs of Greater Kansas City. It's in full effect right now. Games are really competitive. They're super fun to watch. All you got to do is head down to Cleveland Park, forty two eleven Cleveland Avenue. Best way to get in there. 43rd Street entrance. Just go take a look. This Saturday, going to be gorgeous. Uh, come see some of our future Chiefs hone their skills on a local field. Flag football is just one of the money sports programs offered at the Boys and Girls Clubs of Greater Kansas City. In addition to flag football, we also see leagues for baseball, softball, basketball, and more. Search volunteer options on helpkckids.org. Uh, registration is now open for the Boys and Girls Clubs of Greater Kansas City's Basketball League. Basketball got started this week, folks. This league is a great introductory experience for any young person just developing their hoop skills. All games are played on Saturday starting January 13th. The postseason tournament championship games will be held downtown at the nationally recognized College Basketball Experience. Register your child today. Check the link in the show notes for more information. Boom. All right. I teased it. Two reasons why I still have confidence in this offense, um, which is, you know, been struggling so far. Been a, been a struggle for most of the season. Number one, the dip in 2021 was much worse than this. Um, they went on a six-game stretch, averaging 19.6 points per game that season. That included a 41-point explosion versus the Raiders. So it includes that 41-point explosion and still only averaged 19 points a game. Uh, remember that was the season everybody was doing the two deep and the Raiders came in. They're like, now nah, we're going to stick with our, you know, cover three defense here. We'll see how it goes against the, uh, the chiefs. It did not go well. Um, the next seven games after that six game stretch, they're averaging 19 points a game, 48, 34, 36, 31, 28, 42, and 42. That's 37.3 points per game. The rest of the season, um, they figured it out. You know, they hit this huge stretch of problems. They figured it out. The biggest problem on the Chiefs right now, I would say, is the turnovers. They got 16 turnovers in eight games. Um, They're currently 29th in the league in drive percentage ending in turnovers. 29th in the league. Um, In 2021, they had a stretch where they had 19 turnovers in seven games. That's even worse than what we're doing right now. Uh, that's, That's horrific. Um, the next nine games after that, they had five total turnovers. 
So from 19 turnovers in seven games to five turnovers in nine games, they figured it out. Um, so, you know, a much different team. They had Tyreek Hill. The point is here, that was a worse stretch, and yet they figured it out and got to a level where they didn't win the Super Bowl that season, but they definitely put themselves in position to win the Super Bowl, and if they just don't shit their pants in the second half of that Bengals game, they might have won the Super Bowl that season. And that was bigger jet. Good. You want to talk? But I'm I'm impressed uh, with the turnaround in the stats there. Um, I don't even really remember going from uh, not scoring on such a level to scoring on such a level. Like I don't. I guess I don't remember the dip like that. Um, it all kind of blends together sometimes. Well, because in the end, you don't remember. I mean, a lot of the season, you just forget. You kind of remember how the season ends. The whole goal, especially for a team like the Chiefs, get to January, be playing your your best ball of it. You don't win Super Bowls in October. Yeah, I mean, and that's one of the big things that I was trying to kind of stress in that opening period, like just the fact that we we can try to say who the Chiefs are or whatever through eight games, but like... You know, think think to the Mike McDaniel quote after week five or whatever, when they were like, Oh my gosh, coach, you've you guys have put up the most yards through week five. Like, what's your response to that? And he said, It's like success. That's exactly what we've been planning for all offseason is to lead the NFL in yards after five games. Like right now, I I don't want to get too riled up uh about like where the Chiefs stand because as I said, there is so much football that's still to be played. Um, the the numbers when you were rallying off the scoring was that last year? That was no, last year. twenty. No, it was twenty twenty one. Okay. Remember twenty twenty one? They had the big dip. I mean, it's the it's the been the worst offense in the Mahomes era by quite a bit until this year, uh, and they just really hit those. I mean, there was some games here. It was the Titans game where we lost twenty seven to three. Uh, only put up twenty against the Bills. Only put up 20 against the New York Giants. You referenced that game earlier. We went 20 to 17. We played the Packers, the game without Aaron Rodgers. We won 13 to 7. Um, destroyed the Raiders and then beat the tight or beat the Cowboys 19 to 9. Beat the Broncos 22 to 9. Uh, so it was just like a lot of putrid offense right in the middle of the season. Um, and we were really questioning. It was the first time we were just like, man, have they really figured it out? And eventually, in my opinion, leads to the decision to trade Tyree Kill. Because his he had lost value with this offense with teams just putting a player over the top. Um, how the Dolphins get around that, I still have no fucking clue. I would love an explanation there. Uh, but regardless, yes, that was 2021. Okay. I mean, you know, listening to Andy on Monday, he was asked uh, by Pete Sweeney, I believe, like, look, coach, through these years in Kansas City, like you've shown the incredible ability to turn it around, whether it's after a loss, um, you know, or even after a slow start when the Chiefs were, what, one in five, one in six or something when one they five, yeah. one in five start and ended up going and making the playoffs. I mean, the, the the ability that Andy's got to recover from things like this, he gets asked about and he says, well, you can hang your head or you can face the facts and try to get better. And I look at, you know, a lot of people are trying to define this team and say, this is what they need to do. And this is where they are. And here are all the problems. And I just hope that everyone recognizes that's precisely what the chiefs are doing. I don't think that they're sitting back and saying, 
oh, you know, we don't need anything at the trade deadline. Doesn't matter. We're fine. We're the best team in the league. Like, they might have made a decision about not making any moves at the trade deadline because they do feel confident with what they have in-house. But that team is self-scouting just as hard as you guys are trying to watch the All-22 or or fire your takes off on Twitter or whatever. The Chiefs are at work right now trying to get 1% better every single day, and they've got a season-long plan that they're trying to execute. I mean, when we come out of a game like this, it's it's totally reasonable to worry because it seems like the continuation of a trend where the offense on the surface doesn't seem like it's playing that well. But uh, as as I believe uh, you referenced on Twitter a couple hours ago, we've got some dick measuring scale stats out there that are pretty impressive. You want to fire those off there, Durkee? No? <laughs> no, no. You're what a personal question. What a personal question. Um, yeah, let me get to those. Well, I didn't get to my second reason here. Well, I figured there. that this was kind of in in the first reason category. Okay, I got gotcha. gotcha. Sorry, I got Twitter on a small screen. I was trying to figure it out. Um, here we go. Chiefs offense, fourth in yards per play, second in yards per drive, fourth in points per drive, sixth in TDs per drive, fifth in EPA per play, seventh in success rate, fourth in EPA per dropback. That's a bunch of nerdy stuff. Uh, Only two of those are outside the top five. I mean, like the the Chiefs offense for as bad as it's been. For as bad as it's been, you could still say it's a a top five offense, which is insane. It's just insane. Well, I mean, I'll give you some context here. All right. Um, I know that this is people don't care about your fantasy team, but like, just stick with me. All right. Welcome to Amateur Hour. Uh, I'm I'm scrolling around. I'm in a 14-team league with my family, and we have a super flex. So generally speaking, 28 quarterbacks are playing. And I'm like looking at the waiver wire, and folks, it's awful. If one guy goes down, it's real bad. And honestly, most of, the, I would say, maybe half of these 14 teams aren't even playing a second quarterback, even though they have them on their bench, because these players are so bad. I'm telling you, the quarterback position right now in the NFL, I it, it's not it's not great. It's not great. We can look at the fact that we've got all of this young talent, um, all these different names, but I, I honestly think that after you get outside like the top 10 or 12 quarterbacks, the rest of the league, we're talking like 20 guys, they're just nowhere near that level. It is as as our producer tells us here in the comments, like it is a steep, significant drop off from like the haves and the have nots. And I think that that club of haves is getting smaller and smaller. And I just, you know, the, the, if the Chiefs currently have a top five offense and they currently have a top five defense, they still have a top like look at those DVOA stats. Even after this loss to the Broncos, they're still in the top five in DVOA, offensively, defensively, and on special teams. Like, I I don't know what to tell people other than, you know, I, I see some of the the excited, like, oh my God, they didn't do anything at the trade deadline. They got to change this. They got to change this. We got to get better in all these different places. And I do think 
that the team needs to play better football than they did on Sunday. But to this point in the season, there is not an NFL team that is definitively better than the Kansas City Chiefs. There's just not. I guess you could make an argument for the Eagles. We'll play them in three weeks. Okay. Uh, I, I'm more excited about what it looks like against some tougher opponents than worried about what they've done at this point. And also, I mean, also, we went through this last year. Everybody wanted to trade for, we need a pass rusher. We need a pass rusher. Everybody wanted Brian Burns. And everybody was like, oh, fuck, we didn't do it. We blew it. We're wasting another season on Mahomes here, which, wow, an excuse that actually came back this week. I, I couldn't believe it. We're, we're wasting a year of Mahomes' prime. Wasting. Wasting. We're a Super Bowl here. Uh, but, uh, I mean, it, it's just a it's a new thing. The NFL trade deadline actually has action now. It used, I mean, when I was a youngin, we did not have any action at the NFL trade deadline. That's really like the last three or four years kind of thing. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I wasn't expecting much, but it was uh, it was interesting. I mean, people were really losing it. I'm, I'm going to touch on this here. So let's get to the receivers. That's what everybody wanted. Um, this is my second reason for confidence in just the offense. I mean, the number one reason for confidence in this team is that the defense is so much better than it has been at any other point during the Mahomes era. This is just two reasons of optimism for the offense. The number one was the dip in 2021 and overcoming that. 2022. Okay. Everybody's saying the wide receivers aren't good enough. Um, they're taking their victory laps right now. I get it. And, and they're not wrong. Like, I, I, I get what you're saying. I, I agree. The receivers are not good enough right now. Um, Sorry, I fixed my helmet. Sorry. What, did you spike that? You threw it down after a little tantrum there? This um, back together. What I still don't understand, what nobody seems to address, um, I've asked it a few times on here, what has changed from last year? Because obviously the offense was good enough last year, and literally the only change is Juju going out and Rasheed Rice coming in. And production-wise, Rasheed Rice is now trending in a way I don't have updated projections, but he would be getting close to what Juju put up last year as a member of the Chiefs. I know it's not a perfect one-for-one. Like, they bring different skill sets. They can do different things. Juju's more a veteran presence, and he can find holes in the zone like that. But you're telling me just that drop-off, going from Juju to Rasheed Rice this year with similar statistics, and now all of a sudden the receivers just aren't good enough? Like, I, I don't buy it. I don't think that's a valid excuse. I agree that they haven't been good enough this year. I don't know what the reason for the change is, and yet everybody who seems to be saying that the Chiefs needed to add a receiver or that the receivers aren't good enough to win the Super Bowl this year don't seem to be addressing how they were good enough last year and they got the job done and won the Super Bowl with a very, very, very similar group of receivers. So if, if you take a look, which I did, Right before the show started, just just look at what the Chiefs' offense did in their three playoff games. We have, I and and not just amateur hour. Like everybody, when when you have reached this level that the Kansas City Chiefs are at, we know that it's more about what happens in January and February. Okay, take a look at how the offense performed in their three playoff games last year. Uh, Travis Kelsey in that game against the Jags was targeted 17 times. He caught 14 for 98 and two touchdowns in that divisional game. Um, Pat Mahomes has like around 100 yards spread out between another few receivers the rest of that day. Kadarius Toney had five catches for 36 yards. 
Juju had two catches for 29 yards. Like, there's not a whole lot happening there. Look at the Bengals game. It's when your boy MVS stepped up and had six grabs for 116 and a touchdown. You've got Travis Kelsey with seven for 78 and a touchdown. And their next leading wide receiver, Marcus Kemp, had 13 yards. Pacheco went five for 59 to, to be able to actually round out that. Um, and then when they get into the Super Bowl, the Chiefs put up 38 points in the Super Bowl. And it looks great at, on the actual scoreline. But then you get into the box score. Pat didn't throw for 200 yards that day. Folks, Travis Kelsey had six for 81. Juju had seven for 53. You know who their next leading receiver was? Justin Watson with 18 yards. Like, they... they did not have a 100-yard receiver in the Super Bowl or in the divisional game. Travis Kelsey had 98 in the divisional game. But, like, uh, th this is not some, oh, my God, look at how overwhelming the Chiefs' offense is in the playoffs last year. And so the Chiefs were somehow the number one offense in the NFL. Defenses, clearly, it seems like, I mean, look at what whatever your favorite website is that covers the NFL. Clearly, your favorite website is KC Sports Network. Like, I totally get that. But if you're talking about NFL coverage, I don't care if it's ESPN, if it's The Ringer, if it's Bleacher Report, if it's whatever. Like, I promise you, there are articles that are being published week after week about the way that defenses are kind of winning this year. The trend of offense being down. And the Chiefs have one of those defenses responsible for those numbers. And they still have an offense that's ranked in the top five. I, I wanted the Chiefs to go and make a move. You said that, like, you know, a round two or a round one might be too rich for Terry McLaurin. And I'm over here thinking, like, I want the Chiefs to figure out who is going to be Mahomes' number one option through his prime. That's, that is what I want. And a guy like Terry McLaurin is somebody that I feel good about. He's a leader. He's an A-plus player. Um, like that, that's just a guy that I would love to have on my team. And I would be happy to be like, take a round two, take one of our wide receivers. If I have to give you a round one, I don't care. I'm probably fine with that. And I know that there are other people that don't feel that way. Regardless, I don't think that they have to have that to win a Super Bowl. I think it would make it a lot easier. Right. But like, we don't, we don't need Kadarius Tony to suddenly go and have 600 receiving yards for the rest of the season in order for the chiefs to win the Super Bowl. They don't need Sky Moore to figure it out and and catch 70 balls in the remaining games in order for them to, to win a Super Bowl. It is not necessary. It's not. And, and the way they get it done is with Patrick Mahomes being Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the world. We haven't quite seen it this year. I still expect that we will see it. I mean, we've seen six years of it now. I don't ex think that just went away randomly this year. Um, so I expect him to play better. And then incredible coaching, game planning, and and play calling, that kind of thing. I mean, people are people are calling out 80 left and right for his cutesy, you know, short yardage red zone stuff. How did we win the Super Bowl last year with two of the most wide open receivers you've ever seen? That was that was cutesy play calling in the red zone on third down. Um, so I don't think they forgot and they just they just knew how to move the ball. Uh, the weirdest thing about this year, and especially this game in particular, um, the swings and screens. Swings and screens and guillotines. Um, those were fucking terrible. Like, 
every single screen swing pass that we threw, it seemed like the player was catching it going backwards and we lost yardage on it. And then the Broncos, they would throw a little swing pass and they'd pick up 12 yards doing it. I, th- I felt like that was like the difference in the game. And I've never really seen the Chiefs struggle that much in this. But we know when Andy, you know, starts to not trust the offense. Because, I mean, th- think about it. When we're dropping back the pass right now, um, we're either hitting, you know, Kelsey, something quick, quick and short, or Rasheed Rice pops wide open, or Mahomes is scrambling and, and making something happen. Like, that's it. Like, our normal drop back passing game right now is is very ugly. Um, and And so... Once he sees that, he doesn't trust it, and that's when he starts going to his package plays. Uh, the Broncos definitely seem to have a beat on the package plays, and they failed in a big way. And that's kind of the thing, like, that's the thing they need to figure out. They need to get that part of their game going, and then the rest of it will come. Um, and so another, one thing, another thing that nobody's really brought up, I feel like Jarek McKinnon has taken a a big um, dive this year. Um it's, so he's 56 catches, 512 yards, and nine touchdowns last year. This year he's at 15 catches, 126 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, almost a lot of those numbers down the stretch, though. I hate to interrupt, but I thought that I, mean, I thought it was like all in the second half of the year, practically. It's, yeah, it's possible, and I mean, I mean, maybe that's a thing that they need to fix here. Maybe they're just kind of saving his body because I think he is above 30 years old. I think he's 31. I want to say. Um, and so, I mean, that's just a kind of a time. I know he hasn't had a lot of carries on his body, so he's kind of a young 31. Um, but we're seeing a big dip from him. We're not seeing the production from that running back. And he has 23 rushing yards on 11 attempts for the entire season. Um, so that's just a position that was kind of where, uh, that was kind of like where I wanted to look at the trade deadline is try and get like a receiving back, like an old Patriot style, James White, Shane Vereen, Kevin Falk kind of guy. Get a guy like that that Mahomes can trust and be his little safety blanket so he can start making yards on these dump downs um, because I am not sure if McKinnon has it. I hope he does. Uh, and if he does, I think he adds a big a- another element to this offense. Uh, but we haven't really seen it this year. So I think that's kind of an area where they're struggling too. Yeah, he, um, he didn't really do much through about week five. Um, and then started to turn it on. Um, you know, I mean, whatever. Like, he was certainly good down the stretch. I mean, he had a 100-yard game followed by a 70 and a 30 and a 52-yard game receiving in weeks 13, 14, 15, 16. Uh, so, I mean, he did 250 of his receiving yards in four of the last five games. Um, you know, so I, I think that Jarek McKinnon is a guy that was always going to kind of be stashed for the end of the year anyway. Um, and if, that, and if, that's the, if that's the strategy, sorry, sorry, if that's the strategy, I'm totally fine with that. Like, that's perfectly fine. I'll take the struggles during the first half of the year and just let them come on in the second half. I, I, I just, all right, let's just take a second. Let's, we don't need to take a break, but we do need to just kind of pause for a minute. I'm going to take a sip. You know, yeah, take your, can you get it off or is, no, is, is your, is your zipper stuck, honey? Fucking her darkness. Tied in a double knot. I can't get it. And she took the dog on a walk. I'm stuck. So <laughs> Sweat my balls off. You're sweating. Um, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna do something that has a warning label on it. All right. Warning label, Chiefs fans. I'm gonna talk about the run game. I'm gonna do it. I know who my coach is, and I'm still gonna talk about it. Look, I I think that. 
it's hard to do this. The conversation is rarely fruitful when you consider Andy's track record. It's just kind of like the trade-off that you have to take. His genius doesn't necessarily include running the football. Uh, but, you know, we are, for all intents and purposes, a dynasty without having done that. Oh, look at that. Chief Concerns. With Jason Dunn. Never watched the show. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's good. I don't know. I don't know if it's good. Um, but look, folks, I think if we rewind to this Denver game, uh, eight carries for Isaiah Pacheco, 40 yards. In those conditions, uh, how about worst run defense in the NFL by like 35 yards a game? They at one point had given up like 700-something rushing yards in a three-game stretch. I know that they're getting a little bit better, Barrett Browning's back and whatever, but uh, how about the weather? How about Patrick Mahomes having the friggin' flu? How about not throwing the ball 38 times? Like, I just, there's no need for it. The Broncos were never, like, stretching you out. I just don't, I, I don't... Although at the end of the day, I don't know if beating Denver on Sunday by running the ball down their throats when they are the worst run defense in the league, I don't know if it like teaches the Chiefs anything about themselves. But Andy's refusal to do it when it seems like everything is just sitting right in front of you here. Hey, Andy, this is a weakness that they have. And seemingly on paper, it's a strength that we have. And oh, by the way, the best player in the world had a fever like 12 hours ago. Um, why wouldn't you just give it to like the 24-year-old that, you know, runs like a friggin' rhinoceros? Like, I just don't understand. And I, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and like pull my hair out expecting Andy Reid to run the ball consistently. But I think it's important that if the Chiefs are actually doing the self-scouting that I was proclaiming 10, 15 minutes ago because I believe so much in them, they have got to recognize that they're running backs. I thought that they were going to be terrible. I mean, I would say Pacheco especially. He is your third most important weapon and probably your second one on offense. If we're talking about the non-Patrick Mahomes division, um, I mean, he's either behind Kelsey or behind Kelsey and Rasheed Rice. Um, and the reason that you would say Rasheed Rice is because you need a wide receiver to do some consistent things for you, seeming. I just... Only allowing Pacheco to have like 10 touches in any football game, it seems criminal to me. It seems like a bad game plan. Um especially when you start to adjust for all of the conditions of the game on Sunday. Well, yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Um, part of the problem, I mean, they should have done more in the first half. The problem is in the second half, you have one possession until you get the ball with 10 minutes left in the game down two scores. Yeah. And at that point, you're already up against it. And, you know, that at that point, it's too late to establish the running game, essentially. Um, so you have the one drive in the second half. They just had these long-ass drives. They had a drive for 8 minutes, 26 seconds. Uh, then we have a slip-up drive in the punt, and then they have a drive for 6 minutes and 30 seconds, 
and then we muff the punt, and then they're up 21 to 9. Um, so, you know, play calling in the second half gets a little screwy because it's just so shortened. Um, in the first half, I mean, I, I'm with you. They, they should have run the ball more. I'm, I'm sure Andy looks at it and, and thinks the same thing. Uh, we kind of talked about it last week with the uh, Pacheco have been struggling lately. His yards per attempt was actually up this week, but he had three weeks in a row under four yards of carry. Uh, at five yards of carry this week, only eight carries. Um, so they need to get the run game figured out. I mean, it should be better, especially against a Denver team that's last in the league in rushing. I think this Denver defense, I think their numbers will be ugly all year, but I think we'll find out that the, the defense is a lot better than it was, you know, statistically through six weeks. Um, um, so I think that that's part of it. But I, I, I don't have an answer for it. They should be running at the ball more. And this is where you get into a chance, you know, coming up with the bye week. It's this this game against the Dolphins. I'm expecting them to to bounce back in a big way. Um, I'm just with the team against back against the walls. You know, people counting out Mahomes, people shitting on the Chiefs. This is when they usually respond. So I'm expecting a big effort. If they don't, then they have the bye week coming up. And that's kind of when you figure stuff out. They got to go back to the lab. They got to figure out what's going wrong. And they got to figure out how to fix it. And it's in-house. No more trade talk at this point. You got the guys that you got. How are you going to figure it out? Um, and so that's that will be an interesting self-scouting time where if we are nine games in, say say the Dolphins beat us by 14 or something, you know, 31 to 17 or something like that. And it's just like, oh, shit. Like, okay, the offense is not fixed. That is when we get to see, you know, one of the best coaches to ever live, one of the best quarterbacks to ever live, go in the lab and you have eight more games to figure this thing out and see if they can do it. I believe they can. I believe they can. Although I would have told you before the year that I don't see an eight game slumps happening to start the season. So, I mean, I didn't see this coming either. Um, so it's, it'll be interesting to see. It's, it's an interesting time. I guess I just, um, I feel like the pretty common retort when you talk about run the ball, Andy, is something about Patrick Mahomes, the best player in the world. Like the most valuable play in the NFL is Patrick Mahomes dropping back to pass. Um, I don't think that that's the case this year. Um, but also, honestly, I don't really care what the metrics tell you about running the ball versus Mahomes throws or whatever. Pacheco deserves more touches because he, to me, is a much better player than most of the guys that Mahomes is targeting in the passing game. He's a better player. And we, I think, collectively, as football fans, want to see, like, give the ball to your best player, right? Well, Pacheco's not the best player on the offense, but he's sure one of them. Um, and I think that they're going to have to figure out, like, when they really found success in the playoffs, two of those three games in the playoffs, they were running the ball for like 160, 170 yards. Okay. They committed to running the football in the playoffs in 2022. And it was kind of a revelation for them because as I said, Pat Mahomes didn't even throw for 200 yards in the Super Bowl. All right. Like it took being balanced and really the ultimate success of 2022, how they became the number one offense in the NFL was obviously an excellent uh, season from Travis Kelsey, uh, a largely flawless season from Patrick Mahomes as well, but it was all of these little contributions from guys, and you never really knew who was going to beat you, and Mahomes is completing passes to 10 different receivers in just a matter of quarters, and I I just think that like they're, they are built the same way this year, 
Um, and, and so I, I think that the formula can work, but they have to find that balance in the running game in order for them to reach the full peak that that offense did last year. And so it does make me a little nervous to see in a game against the Broncos eight for 40. It's 25 degrees outside, Andy. Hand the ball off, man. And a name we haven't mentioned yet so far tonight um, is Eric Bietamy. And, you know, he's, we don't know exactly what goes on with play calling. You know, we both, they both have their hands in there. Um, but Bietamy would be a guy who would kind of be, you know, nudging Andy throughout the game, you know, hey, keep running the ball. Um, and so that might play a part of it. And we know we're looking at this season-long struggles, wondering what the hell is going on. And I listed the, the changes, and yet even I failed to mention that Eric Bieniemy was maybe the biggest change. You know, maybe that's bigger than the, than the personnel here. Um, we don't we don't really necessarily assign like passing game success to him because he was the running backs coach, and it's not really his forte. That that would seem to fall kind of on Andy, so it doesn't really seem to line up. And yet the evidence it's it's a pretty easy case to make. The enemy was here last year. The offense was great. It's basically the same personnel this year without him, and they've dropped off quite a bit. Um, so I do, do you put how much stock do you put in the loss of Eric Bieniemy having a, a, a real impact on this team right now? I think that <clears throat> what the Chiefs' offense just they they've just looked a little unsure of themselves at times. Um, and I don't know if having the enemy here changes the fact that they're asking every single wide receiver on this offense to like do more than they have in their career before, or at least with MVS, like just be who you've always been. Um, but most of these guys, Sky Moore, never been a starter. Rishi Rice is a rookie. Justin Watson, never been a starter. Kadarius Tony. I don't even know what they're asking of him right now when he's, you know, getting fewer than 10 stats. He alive? He's alive? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know. And then and a guy that they showed basically no interest in this offseason was their deadline move, bringing back McCole Hardman. And, like, I don't know what we expect from McCole. I don't know, like, if Chiefs fans are thinking that, like, McCole is what is supposed to like get this offense kind of out of the mud a little bit, like, you know, get them puffing their chest out a little bit more. It's possible. He certainly helped uh, like as a red zone threat last year. And you would think it'll probably take a few weeks to just kind of get back into the timing and the swing of things and be inserted into whichever position they want to use him. I don't think it's just like, Hey, McColl's back. Cool. Let's go. Um, I mean, in, in some ways, sure. But well, I mean, you might reach a point though. I mean, you need it. You need something from Sky Moore eventually. Sky Moore in his last five games. I mean, people know he's been hit dreadful, but this is eye popping. Sky Moore's last five games: eight yards, 15, 22, 11, and zero. That's fifty-five yards or so in five games from his starting receiver. Like that, just can't get it. You have too many players on the field not producing, and we know we kind of talked about the receivers not producing last year. So I mean. I think that might be one of the changes that they would go into the bye week and just be like, okay, we got to move on from Sky Moore and figure something else out. And and that might be plugging McCole Hardman in there. Like, it seems like, I mean, a, a big problem with picking up a guy at the trade deadline, say you get Terry McLaren, he's going to have to get this whole offense down, 
you know, this season, he has basically nine weeks to figure out the offense and, and become a big part of it. Um, but McCole Hardman should already know the offense. Like he should know a lot of these concepts. He should have the timing down with pass. So you should feel like, okay, if you need to make a change and put a new guy in here, Sky Moore is just plain not getting it done. You would think he would be the guy that they would slide in there and, and be able to pick it up. But it is a weird move. Just bringing back McCole out of nowhere. And I, I don't know. He's, what does he have? Two targets, these two games. Like I just, I'm not totally sure what the idea is there. I think that the Chiefs found themselves in a really interesting position, kind of stepping up to this trade deadline. I I heard Carrington today make what I thought was actually a really nice point that he said the NFL trade deadline, although it's getting like a little more active these last two years, it's never going to be like what it could be if they would just move it back until like Thanksgiving, like give teams another three or four weeks and the good teams are going to rise and the bad teams are going to fall. Like right now, the Raiders are three and four. You think that they're going to trade Devontae Adams when they're one game out of being in the playoffs and they still have nine more to play? No, teams aren't going to be willing to look at themselves in the mirror and be that honest this early in the season. They don't want to do that. And I totally, I think it's a great point on his part that like, I, I think that building into this trade deadline thing, like, oh, the Chiefs can really, like, change the course of their season and whatever. Uh, I I mean, hey, it would have been nice. But to me, I think that what they do need to do, and this is a point that I think a lot of people have made at this point, but I'm I'm just being agreeable, folks. The Chiefs have got to figure out, essentially, who they want to give these snaps to. Uh, because if they would have acquired a veteran receiver, it becomes like, all right, so who is he on the field in place of? Are you giving up on Sky Moore's development? Are you saying to MVS, eh, you're just not getting it done? And don't get me wrong, I, I don't think that those are necessarily bad things. But the whole the whole like goal for this year, I think as far as that wide receiver room was concerned, was like, we need to develop Rasheed Rice, Sky Moore, Justin Ross, Kadarius Toney. And only one of those four is having the kind of season that you were hoping for. And he's exceeding expectations. But like Sky Moore is not doing what anybody hoped he would do. Neither is Tony. Neither is Justin Ross, who might just be completely out of the picture at this point going forward. And so, yes, the Chiefs are in uh, uh, not the not the place that we hoped maybe they would be. But again... I mean, do you, does, do you want to sacrifice the potential development of these young players in order to get a Super Bowl right now? Like it's it's not it's not the Patrick Mahomes prime that that we're worried about right this second. At least I am not. I'm worried about every second that Travis Kelsey has left on a football field. Like that's where I'm at. I I think whatever remains of Travis Kelsey's career is very, very precious to the Kansas City Chiefs. And that was my main motivation for saying, well, go get a receiver right now. Just because we have enough that we can probably end up winning the Super Bowl, sure, that's all fine and good. And I don't disbelieve in Andy or Patrick, but like, would it be a figure, would everyone feel a little bit more confident with, you know, Hopkins or Evans or 
or Terry McLaurin or whatever, like one of those guys that was a real difference maker, I think I would give up the first round pick to get one of those guys to say, well, I still have Travis Kelsey, so let's take advantage of that window. That's kind of where I I was making the case, I think, for myself about potentially making a move at the deadline. But the Chiefs are saying that we have enough now and we don't want to mortgage the future because that we think we need to keep building you know, small, essentially. Which, I mean, which is a philosophy that's worked. I mean, it works to the tune of a Super Bowl last year. Yeah. Like, I don't think the process here at receiver is necessarily bad, uh, but the evaluations were bad. I mean, you're expecting more from a second-round pick in Sky Moore coming into the season. Uh, you're expecting more from Kadarius Tony, who you talked up all offseason, and you trade a third-round pick for last year, and a former first-round pick himself, you're expecting more from him this season. He's, I mean, we've gotten basically nothing from him. The one guy you're actually paying is MVS, so you're expecting more from him. You're not getting anything from him. Like, I, I don't think the process is necessarily bad here. It's just been the evaluations. You know, you're kind of looking at three whiffs there. I don't know if I'd call Tony a whiff because he looked worked out last year and it's he's just such a weird gadget player. I don't know if it, I don't know if they ever thought he'd be more than that, but like the wide receiver one stuff that was coming out this offseason was kind of weird. So I don't necessarily think that the uh process is bad here, but the evaluations uh have gone bad. Uh, and then you gotta you gotta make a coinciding move. I mean, if you're paying another receiver this offseason or something. You know, would you rather have a receiver right now and then instead of Charles Aminahu? Like, would you rather be worried about the pass rush right now instead of worried about the receivers? I would still lean receivers because you have Mahomes and Andy to pick it up. Whereas pass rush, I you just keep throwing talent, keep throwing talent at pass rush. Keep you want that as strong as possible because as long as you have a pass rush and Patrick Mahomes, you're going to be a contender. I mean, look, I we've been talking about the Chiefs' offense for 55 minutes. Um. I don't have a problem with that because I think it's what people are worried about. I thought that the Chiefs defense, honestly, was just absolutely electric against Denver. I thought they were phenomenal throughout the entire game, constantly put in bad spots, stepping up, making plays. You know, they caused turnovers. They had six sacks on the day. George Karloftis, you know, kind of the game of his life. Uh, just seemed like he was everywhere. Um I know, folks, that I've been saying that like one of the things about Tranquil is that I don't notice him very much. I noticed him a lot. Some of that has to do with the fact that the Broncos handed the ball off to uh, whatever his name is, like a hundred times in that game. Um, it was actually, I think, twenty six carries for their starter. Um, whichever, I, I don't care. They've got a bunch of running backs, and I don't think any of them are particularly good. Um, here's the deal, though. I, I have to get this off here at the end because if I don't, I'm going to end up forgetting it. I think that Trent McDuffie is the new Legereus need. Um, I look at the way that they play him. He is getting the slot snaps that Legereus Sneed was getting through his first three seasons in the league. They started to kind of transition a little bit last year. Um... But this year it is full on. Trent McDuffie is our slot player. And Sneed is, you know, covering whichever wide receiver, doing a lot of shadowing when it's uh, you know, a tip top, top five, top ten elite player. But think about the difference between a former safety that probably runs about six two, two hundred pounds in LJ Sneed, and a guy in Trent McDuffie that had some of the shortest arms to be drafted in the first round in the history of the NFL. 
a guy that is like 5'10", maybe 190 pounds. He is absolutely sensational in the run game. This guy is making plays behind the line of scrimmage consistently, never afraid to get his nose in there. If somebody catches a ball on him, they're basically immediately going down. He's widely considered in a bunch of advanced metrics as like one of the top 10 or 15 corners in the league so far this year. Every time that he blitzes, he is having an impact against the passing game. He does every single thing that the Chiefs ass need to do. And these guys are like so different in terms of the way that their their actual physical build is. I'm surprised that McDuffie has been as effective at it, but like he literally to me feels like a like for like replacement to Legarius, except for the fact that he is shorter. And so there's maybe certain plays that he can't get to, but I also think that he's stickier in coverage than Snead ever was. We always said that Snead's worst asset as a corner was his coverage. And now he's, you know, one-on-one out there. I, I just, I have been so impressed with Trent McDuffie. I think that people were, earlier on him than me, but I just see the way that this guy is uh, affecting the pass as a blitzer, affecting the run as as a blitzer. He's essentially playing in the box half the time uh, as this slot corner, and when he's out in coverage, it's like I just am not worried about it. He practically erases whoever it is that he's lined up against. Um, Trent McDuffie. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? You don't even see him because I mean the corner is just not getting thrown at, so you hardly see him throughout the game when he's unless he's making a play. But his smaller stature is actually built better for the slot than like a guy like Snead, who's taller and lankier, who's you know traditionally would be more on the outside. Um, should we pour some pour some out for some streaks that we broke? Yeah, wow, yeah, a lot of streaks came to wow. an end. I think we gotta we gotta honor them. Uh, gotta pour one out. We got we got some Pacifico here. Gonna pour a little out for you. We got directly on your keyboard. You're gonna pour it out. Well, yeah, I might have a little stopgap here. We'll see. G's come. G's come prepared for for pouring it out. Mm. Um, I mean, the biggest, my favorite, and the hardest to get over. Sixteen straight wins versus the Denver Broncos. It sucks. It sucks. Oh man, it was such a glorious streak. I hate the Broncos. I it was just such a fun thing. Even telling like casual fans. Um, that was the uh, longest active streak. I think the third longest of all time. Let's pour one out for that. Mm. I think I'm, I'm peeing on the podcast. <laughs> How about a couple coinciding streaks here? 40 straight games without losing by more than four points. Um, that's an NFL record. Uh, that one hadn't been going around as much. It's usually the one score. But also 40 straight games without losing by more than seven points, which was the fourth longest streak ever. One of the streaks longer than that was the streak to start Mahomes' career. I know that. Um, so let's pour mm. <laughs> This is a terrible bit. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? That's <It's> bad. <laughs> what are you talking about? I mean, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> I like stupid stuff. <laughs> 40 straight games with a fourth quarter lead or tie. That streak is over. Four mm-hmm. This is a lot of 40 games ago. 40 games ago was 27-3 to Titans, in case you're wondering. Um, Your streak, we were kind of debating, texting about this. Your favorite streak, 16 straight road division wins. Uh, I think Mahomes had 13, or did he have all 16 of those? I'm not totally sure. Um, That was the longest streak in NFL history. We're pouring one out. I don't care what you say. Mm -hmm. You can't even hear it anymore because it's so full. 
I think the number that you were that you might have been because the the thirteen or whatever was Mahomes against Denver. He had never lost to Denver, but we had beaten them like three or four times before Mahomes took over. Gotcha. Uh, but yes, Mahomes is responsible for the sixteen straight road wins against the AFC West. Gotcha. And then thirty Patrick Mahomes thirty five straight games with a touchdown pass, including the playoffs. Uh, that was the longest active streak. Not sure about all time, but that is also over. That's the streaks that were broken. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I love the streaks. I loved all of them. The Holmes never having lost a road game in the division. Um, that one was just near and dear to my heart. <laughs> I want to say, is that a dog bull? But I guess it would be a wolf. A wolf bull. Hello. Let's fucking go, baby. <laughs> you know what time it is. Oh my god. Dolphins, Dolphins look ahead. What do you think? Uh Tyreek's not bad. League MVP. You know, it's it's honestly been pretty cool to see what an offense looks like when you build it around Tyreek Hill. Uh like Tyreek is the focal point of that offense. Like they basically said this is about Tyreek. Um, he is the number one option and everything, single thing that they do is about him. Um, it's impressive stuff. It is. Um, I have no idea what to expect in this game from the Chiefs offense, the Chiefs defense, the Dolphins offense, the Dolphins defense. I do not know what to expect. Uh, I hope that it is an absolutely unreal Give me the, you know, give me a, a Rams Chiefs 55 to 52 or whatever it is. Give me that game. I want to see it just be absolutely crazy back and forth. I don't know if that's what's going to happen, man. Um, Miami's defense has been bad to start the year, but they are absolutely loaded with talent and have one of the best defensive coordinators in the modern era. I have a feeling that defense is really going to turn the corner down the backstretch, and Miami's going to be even more dangerous. Adding uh, Jalen Ramsey back, who came back last week with an interception. Yep. Um, I mean, he he might just go one on one against Kelsey potentially. Um, and then you still got to take the MVS out of the game. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely make Ramsey do that. Um, I mean, you know, look, I I. Oh, I oh the ear pads. I put the ear pads back in there. I got such a big noggin that I can't actually wear this thing. Um, I'll just you know hanging out, hanging out right here without a helmet like the like the NHL guys that refuse to wear helmet from the in the nineties. God bless those guys, <laughs> Jesus. Um, and and like I said, I said this a few weeks ago, but home field advantage incredibly important for Miami. I think even more important than it is for Kansas City, uh, despite not having as good a home field advantage, yeah. but just not having to go on the road and play in cold weather for a team like that. Not only are they from Miami, but built on speed and everything that they do. It just seems like they would have a tough time, you know, at Buffalo, at Cincinnati, at Kansas City, somewhere like that in January. So I think it's, despite us coming off a loss, I still think it's a bigger game for Miami. Yeah, I I don't want one loss to Denver in, in awful conditions um to turn into three uh given that they've got Miami in Germany on Sunday 
and then they've got a bye week, and then they come back and face the Eagles in Kansas City in what promises to be probably the most watched game um, until the playoffs. So, I, I mean, I'm I'm certainly excited for the next couple. Uh, still have some other big uh, opponents on the schedule. Uh, looks like the Bengals might be back. A uh, really impressive game against the Niners on Sunday. That's not fun. Was really fun when the Bengals were terrible. Not fun when the Bengals are good again. Um, but just keep that in mind. You know, every every team's got to work through some of those like low moments in their season. Um, I have a feeling that the Chiefs will not play a game anywhere near as bad as they did against Denver on Sunday. And so it's all looking up from here, folks. Hey. Um, Dirk, are you wearing the costume trick or treating? Yes, absolutely. You are trick or treating as Chiefs Holic. All right. <laughs> that is gonna be how many people do you think over under one and a half people that get the costume? I don't know. It was a national story, man. I know. Yeah, it was. I don't know. This mask, though, is, it's tough. He has to have doctored it somehow. I don't know how he can breathe in it. Yeah. Awesome. Especially when I start farting. It's possible. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, it's, it's just, this is an exciting game. Should get pumped. And I expect him to bounce back. I think Chiefs roll. Chiefs roll. That's a 6.30 a.m. kickoff for you? Yeah. But we do get daylight savings. I hate, fucking hate daylight savings, but we do get it at the exact right time for an extra hour of sleep before that game kicks off on Sunday. No. Oh, okay. Uh, don't forget to all back on Saturday night, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thanks for listening, tuning in here at KCSN. Do the like and subscribe and all those corporate things. Um, you know, and and boys and girls clubs, go watch some flag football. Sign your kid up for intramural basketball. Um, and yeah, you know, listen to some other stuff too. <laughs> listen, listen to listen to the other guys on KCSN. Listen to only weird games. Uh, I'm Ryan Scott Hall. He says Dirkness. And Justin Herbert, he's Philip Rivers. Pretty good. <laughs>